Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to World Presentations Podcast. This is episode 91, and it's called Twilight Zone Double Feature. This is actually a Patreon episode from a little over a year ago. Uh, it's The Howling Man, and will the real Martian please stand up? Uh, the Howling Man is my favorite Twilight Zone episode of all time. And uh, the second one, uh, will the real Martian please stand up, is a murder mystery type Agatha Christie, and then there were none thing to see who's an alien in this diner in the middle of a snowy blizzard. So... Hope you guys enjoy them. Um, uh, it's November, December till we get to 100. So if you ever feel like jumping in and getting more episodes like this, uh, feel free to check out the Patreon. Not to be a capitalist uh, pig there, but, you know, why not? Uh, so, yeah, either way, hope you have a nice Halloween. I hope you enjoy your weekend. I'll talk to you guys later on. I'll see you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oral Presentations, Patreon, episode 36, I'm going to call it. It might be more, it might be less, I think, oh, it's right around 36. Is anybody going to get mad at me? We're going to call it 36, dude. What's up? It's Thursday. How you guys doing? I, uh, I, I bombed on, uh, bombed on a walk today. I was, uh, I did the double pump wave, totally missed it, and then, uh, hit a single wave. It was nighttime. Feel bad. Had a bad, bad walk Bad walk to successful wave ratio here. Missed the on the double pump wave was devastating because it was two like middle-aged women walking a dog together, and I couldn't see if they saw the first one or not. And then I and then I hit them again, and then I they both no no reaction, no reaction at all. I hope they saw both of them and they had a good laugh at what an asshole that guy with the shaved head was who was trying to wave at us two or three times. What is he desperate for friends? What's going on? No. All right. When I'm on a walk, I just like to wave at people because, you know, people kind of talk less these days because of a pandemic. So it's nice. When I see real people in real life, I try to hit them with a wave or a hello. If it's like an acceptable thing, I'm not, I'm not saying hi to everybody in fucking Acme. I'm just, if I see you on a walk, I'm going to hit you with a wave. Plus, I saw a ton of people this weekend. I think I'm coming down from like overdosing on social socialization a little bit still. So it's almost like I'm, I'm, I miss it a little bit. So it's like, yeah, dude, I'm gonna try to hit you with a wave. You two two ladies walking a dog. Hello, nothing. Got nothing both times. And the other one was that was a man and a woman walking a dog. And I, you know, if they're on a date, there's no reason I should be inserting myself anyway, honestly. So I hit him with a wave. I don't know if they saw it or not. I, I just I just kept on trucking, you know. So my Thursday walk going, oh, that's still an okay walk. Still doing all right. It was, it was Wednesday night, but it's Thursday for you. Hearing about my my unsuccessful wave attempts on a Thursday. How's it going? How's your Thursday going? I hope you're doing all right. I picked uh, I picked two Twilight Zone episodes, and I picked them, one, because they're, the, I mean, the, the Howling Man has been a favorite of mine for a long time, but also I like the, the structure of the second one, which is called uh, Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up? Now, the name of that is pretty corny. I mean, not like the Howling Man's cool or anything, but the Howling Man is more of a story that involves like a, uh, like a flashback dude. Like it's easier. It was the howling man was easier for me to wrap my brain around how I was going to tell you guys about it and try to make it sense without having any visual elements. And I picked will the real Martian stand up because it's, it's kind of like a fun clue mystery episode. And I didn't, I knew I was going to do it, but I didn't really think about like, Oh, how am I going to do that without, without being able to show people anything? So 
I put the, will a real Martian please stand up is going second because I think, I hope it translates. I tried to, I tried to make it as, as good as I could as far as following the interactions because as that one progresses, you as an audience member, when you're watching the show, you're trying to pick out like, who the fuck, who is this? Who did this thing? And it's almost like a small mystery that you're trying to figure out on your own. But the first one's the howling man. That's just a fun episode. I have, I have made more than one girlfriend sit and watch the howling man with me. And it hasn't gone over. It went over about as well as my waves both times today. Both times I've watched two separate girlfriends years apart from each other. Howling Man does not get it done. It's a black. I love it. I think it's a great episode. I knew it. I especially the most recent one I did it to, where I was just like, "This is not working. This is burning through. I am wasting a movie pick on this right now." You ever do? Which I don't think you should. I don't. I don't really. You guys think like that? Where it's like. If you're in a relationship, you know, you go picking back and forth and back and forth. You try to keep it even. I knew when I put on the Howling Man, it was going so poorly. I was like, I'm not even enjoying this because I know that it's bombing so hard and I'm just blowing through, like picking a movie currency right now. This is going so poorly. Anytime I have to talk while the thing's on, I'm just like, this is going bad. She hates this. So, I mean, look, but I love the episode of the Howling Man. It's my podcast and it's like, if there's ever a time to tell people about the, po- the fucking Howling Man, it, it may be my favorite episode. So that one's first up. Second up is more of a murder mystery. Will the real Martian please stand up? Hopefully the second one comes through clear. I tried to get all the interactions as best I could without making it too jumbled. But either way, it's Patreon. Hopefully this will come out to be about an hour. So it's, yeah, it's two Twilight Zone episodes. They're both from season two. You can, bo- you can find them online if you actually want to check them out. I didn't do them word for word. I just did it kind of like the way I did like the Omen. They kind of sound like that. But I, I have I have real love for the Howling Man and for Will Real Martian Please Stand Up by the time I worked it all through and see, seen what's going on with it. They're both really fun episodes. And they're really great examples of creative writing that was done. I mean, these episodes came out in like the early 60s. These were aired on television in black and white. And uh, in my opinion, it's the monster writing. So... Anyway, that's what I wanted to do. That's the Patreon episode for this week. I hope you guys enjoy them. Uh, Thanks for jumping on Patreon with me. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I'll see you guys. This is one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes ever. It's season two, episode five. It's called The Howling Man. All right. The episode opens up. A dude is talking directly into the camera. His name is Mr. Ellington. He's like, yo, you, yo, you got to calm down. You got to fucking believe me, man. He's in a hotel room. The window's open and it's raining hard, lightning, thunder outside. And he's talking directly into the camera at you. Yo, dude. Seriously, you gotta fucking calm down. I'm telling, I'll tell you the whole story. You gotta believe me. You just got, you just got. Hang with me on this. I'm telling you, it happened. It was after World War One, dude. I was in World War One, and then after World War One, I, I was like, yo, I'm gonna go on a walking trip around Europe, and this is when all this crazy shit happens. I know it sounds crazy. You just gotta listen to the whole story here. This is the reason I'm telling you this shit. I was on a walking tour, world after World War One. On my feet, in Europe, on a, on a night, it was raining just like this. I swear to God, it was raining and lightning, just like fucking this, right? So that's the opening. Then the camera pans out through the open window of the hotel room into the storm. And then through the storm, you go into a flashback. And it's 
back, Mr. Ellen, you're over top of Mr. Ellington watching him on that walking trip in Europe, right? And it's lightning, thunder, it's the same storm, it's fucking bad out, and he is fucked up, dude. He didn't have much of a plan, his cell's dead, he doesn't have a bike, he's on fucking foot in dress shoes and a, a wool coat. It's rain, he's on, he's on, that coat weighs like 90 pounds, dude. He's got like a briefcase with a leather strap, it looks like a lady's purse, but a briefcase big, I don't know, this was like post-World War One fashion going on, Europe walking trip, maybe he's trying to dress cooler than he was, I don't know, but he's fucked up at this point in time, and he's outside, he's all muddy, dude, he's coughing, he's, it's not going well, he's like, I gotta find somewhere I can fucking stay, things have gone off the rails, I am out of Euro, what am I doing, right? So, comes upon a castle, it's a big old castle, he's like, what the fuck, I don't even care, there's got to be somebody there. I don't know if it's a museum or something. I'll sleep in the closet. Whatever they got, I'm going up there. So he goes up to the front door of this castle, and he knocks on it with, like, his whole body. It's not like a regular, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. He's fucking, like, doing the worm against the door. Like, let me the fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm going to die out here. This coat is so heavy. I don't know why I wore wool. Is anybody in there? I see the lights are on. Somebody open the fucking door. So, door opens up. And it's a dude who's dressed like he's from the Old Testament. He is dressed just biblical dress. He's got one of those like shepherd staffs. He's got a huge fucking beard, long hair, and he's big as shit. He's like he looks like the Big Show. If he was the Big Show was from the Old Testament. This guy's this guy is large. Opens the door and he's like, "Yeah, what's up? What do you want?" Mister Ellington is like, "Hey man, can I just come? I'm telling you, look at me. Wet. I'm, I'm I smell like a lake, dude. I smell like a bunch of bullfrogs. I am disgusting. Can you please just let me in to sleep a little bit or something? Just let me in the door. But get me under a ceiling. Just let me get under a ceiling, and then we'll talk. I don't even. I don't want more from you than that. Just let me past your enormous body. Jesus Christ, you're, you you on fucking? Is this Eastern Bloc? You on steroids, dude? Either way, you look good. What I'm saying. Can I just come in and get under a ceiling? I'm dying out here, man. Can you help me out? And the biblical big show is like, all right, man, I guess, I guess you can come in. All right, man, come in. I mean, you're, you're filthy. You don't even take your shoes off. You're a mess. Just come in. Fine. Fine. Right? So Mr. Ellington follows the biblical big show into this main room of the castle. Now, this castle is big as shit, and there's almost nothing in it. It's sparse. It's leaky. It probably smells like a fucking lake. Ellington probably blends in at this point in time. It's not a well-furbished castle. It's very bare bones. Right? So Ellington is following the Biblical Big Show, and then Triple B, Biblical Big Show, <laughs> Double BS, Biblical Big Show. Yeah, Double BS turns around, and he's like, yo, Ellington, I don't know if you can, you can stay here or what, but you can hang out for a second. I gotta go, you gotta talk to Brother Jerome. Let me go get him real quick. Hold on, just a sec. Ellington's like, that's fine. Whatever, I'll just sit in this fucking castle. I'm so glad I'm not outside anymore, dude. I thought I was in a swamp for a minute. This shit is fucking crap. I hate you, dude. Europe is not all it's cracked up to be. So, the biblical big show comes back and he's like, all right, brother Jerome, we'll see you now. You gotta show up, dude. Maybe roll your shoulders back. This is the guy who's in charge of everything, decides whether you sleep here or not. So, I'm just saying, mind your P's and Q's. Get in here. Ellington's like, I don't give a shit. I'm passing out on my feet. I don't, <laughs> I don't give a fuck, dude. So he goes in to Brother Jerome's office of a castle. So it's an office. He's like, Brother Jerome is sat behind a big wooden, like, oak mahogany desk. But that's pretty much it. This is just like bare bones medieval castle going on here. They really didn't furbish this shit at all. So Ellington walks in. He's like, what's up? My name is Ellington. I'm fucking lost, dude. I'm not, I'm not a proud man. I have no idea where I am. 
I don't I don't have a wife. That's also a disappointment to me. But right now, I just don't know where the fuck I am. Can I? What's going on, man? And brother, Jer- by the way, brother Jerome, also much like the biblical Big Show, an enormous man. This is but old, like old, like Kevin Nash in thirty years is what 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 brother Jerome looks like, right? So Ellington's like, dude, what's up? I'm much smaller than you guys. Can I, I, I'm just saying, can I just crash here or what? And Brother Jerome's like, fuck no. You gotta leave, dude. <laughs> what are you talking about? Can you crash here? I don't know you. We don't have any visitors. I don't need anything from you. We're a religious order, obviously. If you can't tell from the shepherd stick weapons and the dress and all this stuff, we're simple people. We're just up here, hang out. We still go by torches. We don't have fucking electricity. We're going old school up here. We got no visitors. I don't need you and your heavy wool coat. I feel bad you're wearing that. That was a poor decision. However, you must leave. Fuck off, man. Ellington's like, well, I guess uh, you guys are both bigger than me, and I'm not really going to be able to say anything, so I am going to leave. That's fine. So Ellington turns to leave and walk out of Jerome's office, walk out of the castle, but in the process of walking out of the castle, he collapses on his fucking face, just blacks out. He's out. That's it. He couldn't make it out. He was he was at the end of his walking trips. Take it out of you, apparently. I've never been on one. I feel like the guy didn't really prepare all the way. I don't know. He ended up in a castle, but unfortunately... You blacked out in somebody else's house. That's never a proud. That's never a proud moment. You never want to do that. But it's what happened. So Ellington wakes up, his coat's off, but his clothes are still on, and he's in a room. I'm gonna call that a win. That's that's a definite win for being outside, almost blacking out on your feet. You did black out on somebody's foyer, and they just put you in a room, took your coat off. That's pretty nice. That's pretty nice, right? So Ellington wakes up and he hears a fucking. A howl, dude, like an animal howl, like a, oh, fucking, he's like, what the, are there fucking animals in here? Are these dudes living with animals? What is that, dude? And he hears it again, a fucking, oh, he's like, what the fuck? All right, look, I can't sleep anyway, and I've, I'm kind of, a, I'm carrying a little bit of shame from blacking out on this guy's floor. I might as well go find out what's going on with these goddamn animals here. What is it, a petting zoo? My Bridgeport is a fucking zoo, dude? What is happening, right? So Ellington leaves his room. Goes into the main foyer area. Bad memories. He's just a little shameful about blacking out there. But he's like, all right, well, I'm going to solve this mystery. Where's this animal at? Here's it again. Oh! And then he walks up to this door that's in the foyer. But it's a door that's different than, than the, what's built, like, his door in the room that they put him in. This door is similar, but it's got, like, a porthole that, like, it's big enough that you could probably boost your... If you have a small girlfriend, you could probably, th- like, get her through it to escape. But it's going to... Like, this... This opening is going to be hard to get a pair of man hips through, I feel like. Or you got to do the thing where you, where you lose a lot of weight, like that Japanese ex- like escape artist thing. I don't know how I would try to get out of this, this door prison. But either way, it wouldn't work because there's also old school iron bars on the door. So it has a peephole. Somebody's howling in there, but there's some iron bars in there. Ellington walks up to the door and he's like, yo, what's going on out here? And then all of a sudden, an, a whole arm juts out through those iron bars, and gets a handle on Ellington, on Ellington's shoulder, and it's like a good shoulder grab, it's not like I just got you a little bit by like the pec muscle, it's like, I'm getting, I'm getting scapula on this, I'm up and over your shoulder, and I'm pulling you real close, and we're good friends now, and the arm is attached to this dude who has an angular face, and he kind of looks like Peter Pan from like 1974, how they used to dress him up on Broadway, that's like the way this guy looks, angular face Peter Pan, he's got a hold of Ellington with like a real good claw, I got you by the shoulder. He's like, yo, dude, what's up? I don't I'm, I don't even know who you are, but holy fuck, am I glad to see you, man. You got to get me out of here. Look, look at this shit. I'm, I, dude, I'm telling you, do I look like one of these guys? I shouldn't be in here. 
you got to help me. You got to get me out of here. And Ellington's like, all right, first off, you are grabbing me super hard. This is not how you make friends. What are you talking about, man? Why, why are you in here? What? We talk, you're like a prisoner? What the fuck are you doing here? And angular face Peter Pan is like, yeah, man. These guys are all fucking nuts. They look, I'm telling you, they're all nuts, dude. They are a thousand, they act like they're not. Why, I'm not, I shouldn't be in here. I'm telling you, you know how I got in here? I'll tell you the story how I got in here. You tell me if it's fucked up, right? So I was down in that village that was closed. You probably walked through it. You look, by the way, you look really nice. And, you know, you seem like a good person. Anyway, so I was down in this fucking village, right? Right, I was hanging out, and I did, I was with a babe, dude, I was with this girl, I, she was too pretty for me, honestly, I was walking around, and here's the thing, like, dude, I, we were walking around, right? things were going well, and I'm not a big fan of public displays of affection, that's not really how I feel like, you know, just keep that between us a little bit, but if it's nice, whatever, we're having a nice night after a dinner, right, so we're walking around, all of a sudden, like, I, I you know, she leans in for a kiss, and I'm not gonna not kiss her, it's not, it's just a little peck on, you know, it's respectful, you know, keep it, it's not, not even anything fucking bad, right, so I'm down in this village, I kiss her, all of a sudden, fucking old-ass Kevin Nash brother Jerome with that shepherd stick weapon comes out of fucking nowhere. He, he flew down from the rafters like the Phantom of the Opera. I don't know what the fuck this guy was doing. He comes down, hits me on the head. He's beating the shit out of me with that weapon. Dude, that thing hurt. I don't know if anybody filmed it, if it's on the internet, or what the fuck is going on. I got my ass beat in public after kissing some girl. Dude, and here's the thing. He only did it because he liked that girl. He came up out of it was Phantom of the Opera shit. He was he was all jealous, swung down, fucking beat my ass, put me in a castle. I've been here for four and a half, five years. I don't even know. They took my cell phone. I don't know if that video is on the fucking internet. I don't know if I'm I'm, if I'm a joke. If people are asking questions about me, I don't know. I don't know what that babe's doing. She's probably married to somebody else with a kid by now. She's super cute. I don't know. She's probably a nice person. She's probably fucking gone, but. Anyway, so you gotta let me out of here, man. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. I told you way too much about my life. Will you just open this fucking door for me and let's get out of here, man? I'm telling you, these guys are nuts. And Ellington's like, all right, well, I'll, uh, that sounds like a lot. All right. Look, I am a guest in this castle house thing and everybody here is big as shit, so... I'll tell you what, I'll go talk to Brother Jerome for you if you want. I'm just going to go talk to him, okay? I'm going to just go say what's up and ask him about you. I didn't even know you were in here. I thought you were like a llama or something. Somebody was making some fucking noise down here. I didn't even understand. I'll be right back. Let me talk to Jerome. Angular face Peter Pan is like, no, you can't talk to Jerome. He's the one. I just told you what he did to put me in here. What are you going to talk to him for? What are you going to say? That guy you, you, that you know you beat the shit out of and put in your fucking cage for five years? Wants to leave? Yeah, what's he gonna do? He ain't gonna fucking let me out, dude. Don't. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Ellington hears a booming voice. Mr. Ellington! And now they're both in trouble. Oh, he's like, God damn it, angular face Peter Pan, who I thought was a llama. If you fucking got me in trouble, dude. I gotta go talk to him now. Brother Jerome is like, Mr. Ellington, I need to see you. I need to see you in my office. And Ellington's like, God damn it, dude. I don't know who anything's going on. I just gotta get me the fuck out of here. I don't give a shit about this dude who looks like Peter Pan or any of this shit. Now I gotta go talk to this big guy again. God damn it. So Ellington walks in to Brother Jerome's office. And Brother Jerome doesn't even let Ellington get in the door. He's heated and he's like, alright man, you gotta leave right now. You're walking around like you fucking pay rent here. You're banging around. Nobody can sleep. You got How'd you even get out of your room? We thought you were assed out, dude. We thought you we were gonna be blacked out for like three days. Somebody's getting you a Pedialyte right now. Fucking, you're just walking around disrespecting this castle, terrible thing. Don't even, I don't, there's no other reason, but just because you're walking around, you got to get the fuck out of here. And Ellington's like, yeah, all right, man, are you sure about that? Because, look, I'm not saying, like, you could definitely beat the shit out of me for saying this and stuff, but, like, 
yeah, I saw that guy you have locked up. Like, what the fuck is that? What do you, why do you have, is he like, yeah, what's going on there? And Brother Jerome is like, you saw that? I'm telling, look, that's not a man. We've, ne- well, I'm, we, this place called the Hermitage, and we've never had a man locked up here. I'll tell you that right now. More importantly, you got to get the fuck out of here, man. What did I just say? You got to go. And Ellington's like, yeah, I'm going to go, or I'm going to go to the fucking police, dude. Unless you guys are the cops, how are you holding some dude here? And then all of a sudden, one of those howls cuts in. Oh! And Brother Jerome holds his, holds his hands up to his ears, and he's like, God damn it, that guy doesn't shut the fuck up every hour. That guy will not knock it off. He's so loud the whole fucking time. And Ellington's like, so you do hear that? I thought it was like a wolf or a llama or something. Is that that guy? What the fuck is going on? If you hear that, you know that's a dude. What is happening here, man? Tell me the truth or I'm going to the fucking police. So Brother Jerome is like, all right. I'll tell you the truth, man. Fine. I'll tell you the truth. You're hanging out. You seem cool. That's not a dude. That is the devil. That's the bibl- That's a hundred percent the biblical devil, dude. Beelzebub, Lucifer, Elizabeth Hurley from Bedazzled. Comes in many forms. I'm telling you, that's the devil. We got him locked up here. That's a deal. All right. I didn't want to have to tell you about it. You seem like a cool guy, though. And you're saying you're going to go to the police. So I'll just tell you that is the straight up devil. Dude. You can't. You can't talk to him. Bad guy. And Ellington's like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. <laughs> that is a fucking devil. He'd make a great point, you enormous man. And everybody else in here is big as shit. That is totally a devil. You, I don't know why I didn't see it on my own at first, honestly. I should have put those pieces together, man. Anyway, so I'm going to... Uh, you want me to, like, leave still? Or, like, I can, I can roll, honestly. Because that is... I, I, I can't believe, dude. I didn't solve that mystery on my own. But I would... You know, if you want me to go, I could totally go right fucking now, you know what I'm saying? And Brother Jerome is like, ah, now you're the one who's lying, dude. You don't believe me. Let me tell you, dude, I can see it in you. And Ellington's like, what are you talking about? I fucking know it's a devil fucking for sure. And Jerome's like, all right, look, I'll explain the story to you, okay? Here's the thing. So after World War One, right, I used to be like you, dude. I was out. I had like, I was like, a, I got a philosophy degree. I had some businesses for 40 years. I was like a regular person and shit. And then I come back here and I'm like, I'm sick of that life, right? I'm, t- I'm telling you, I bet you think you're better than us because you're in like nice clothes and that wool jacket and all that, that like, man, oh, briefcase purse. I don't even know what the fuck you had in there. Yeah, all those modern things, some nice shoes on you. You think you're better than us. I'm telling you, I lived that life, dude. I did that. And then after World War One, I, I was like, I got to slow down with this shit. Look, is anybody here on Tinder? No. Okay. But we don't need any of that shit. Okay. We're here, we're just chilling, living a nice life, and we all have these stabs, they're called stabs of truth, you know? And that's, that's the thing, because uh, we, just, we just live by truth, that's our, that's our whole thing we do here. And so anyway, I knew when I came to this village, after I gave up that like modern life, I saw all the villagers, and I was like, damn, there's some good people here, I know for sure Satan's going to show up, right? So then I just chilled out with my staff of truth and my boys. We were up in this ca- in this castle, and we all were like, yo, I know he's going to show the fuck up, dude. These, there's too many good people down in that village. He's going to show up. Lo and behold, dude, one day he shows up. I call him, you know, doing what he does. All of a sudden, wow, he's up. I got him for four and a half fucking years, dude. I got that guy. I, we got the devil. I knew he was going to come up. We got him. Now he's in that room, you know what I'm saying? And Ellington's like, 
Yeah, man. How do you keep him? How do you keep the devil in there, though? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> if that guy's a devil, how is he in that room? That's not, he got his arm like pretty far out. How are you keeping him? You sure? And Brother Jerome is like, yeah, I told you, we live by truth. The, all these shepherd stick weapons, aside from being pretty handy with like sheep and people's heads, it's also good for locking the devil up because it's a, it's a staff of truth, dude. So if you look how that Peter Pan angular face guy that you called him is locked up, there's no lock. It's just a, it's just a staff because the devil can't fuck with the truth because he's a father of lies. You know what I'm saying? It's all making sense to you now, right? You're definitely not going to call the cops, right? And Ellington's like, yeah. Yeah, man, I wasn't convinced at first, but definitely now this is all coming together. You know what I'm saying? So again, I would, if you, I would like to just go back to my room if possible, or if you would like me to leave, I can leave. Honestly, I can, I can just go like it, it's, it's fine. And brother Jerome is like, all right, one more thing. I know that you're convinced now and that's cool, but you know how there hasn't been a second world war yet. You know, there was a world war one and now there's no more world war. You know what I'm saying? last four and a half years because i've had the fucking devil locked up dude that's i'm not giving myself too much credit but that's just one more thing i you know i just feel like you should know that like even though we're kind of oddballs up here we are doing pretty good work by having the devil locked up there's no second world war or anything like that so i'm you know, just giving you a heads up yeah you can do whatever you want i mean if you want to crash until the end of the night you can leave you roll tomorrow morning is that all right and ellington's like yeah, yeah, I would like to roll tomorrow morning or whatever. Uh, can I just leave this office now? I'm kind of, I'm pretty sleepy. I'm just going to go to bed on my own, okay? And Brother Jerome is like, sure. The uh, the biblical big show will uh, we'll take you back to your room. And so Ellington's like, cool. Great conversation, man. I, I can't wait to, all right, I'll see you. So Ellington just fucking leaves and he's like, what the fuck? On the way back, walking to his room, Ellington hears angular face Peter Pan because the door is on the way back to his room. So angular face Peter Pan is like, yo, yo, dude, 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 what happened? And Ellington's like, yo, man, what the fuck? Dude, yo, that guy said you were the devil, man. <laughs> you, you Are you the devil? Are, he said you were the fucking devil. And angular face Peter Pan is like, what are you talking about? He said I was the fucking devil. He said, I, did he tell you about the girl thing? Did he tell you about any of that shit? I'm the devil. I'll tell you, he's the fucking devil. I'm the devil. He's, I'm telling you, it's not, it's not me. That's some bull, I can't believe he fucking told you that. You don't believe that shit, right? The fucking devil. Please. It's, I'm telling you, everybody here's fucking nuts, man. I'm telling you, Brother Jerome is the worst one. I'm not, if he was a birthday cake, the, the icing on the outside of Brother Jerome is religious belief. But the whole, the whole cake, the whole inside cake, I don't care, I don't know if you got rainbow in there or not, that's all crazy. He's fucking crazy, and then he's just got a little layer of icing, and I don't know if there's chocolate chips or that, like, confetti, I don't know what kind of cake batter you have in there, but it's fucking, the cake itself is nuts, and the icing is just, is, is, like, just hanging out here, acting like he didn't hit me over the head because I was with a hot babe. I don't, look, here, this is what I'm saying, fucking get me out of here, man. Just get me out of here. That, that girl, she lived with, like, other hot girls down the village. They all, like, live together in houses, dude. They live in, like, dens of hot chicks. I'm telling you, if we can get out of here, I don't know what they're doing now. We can fucking go. Open this door up. Let me get out of here. And Ellington's like, I don't know, man. And then Biblical Big Show comes up behind Ellington and puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, Mr. Ellington, you need to go to your room. And so Ellington goes to his room. And as they're going in, Ellington and Biblical Big Show go into Ellington's room. Biblical Big Show 
turns around and locks the door after both him and Ellington are in this bedroom. And Ellington's like, yeah, why are you, uh, <laughs> what's up with the lock on the door, enormous man? <laughs> well, I'm just going to sleep, dude. What's, uh, what's the problem here? And the Biblical Big Show's like, you're still a very sick man, right? So you, it's for your own protection so you don't get out and wander and stuff. Don't worry about it. Why don't you lay down? Elton's like, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea, dude. I'm going to lay down for sure and go to sleep really easily with this enormous man with a with a shepherd's stick just sitting. That's fine. Okay. So Ellington goes and he lays down. In a short while, Ellington's acting like he's asleep. You can't sleep in this situation. How much crazy shit is happening right now? You can't sleep in this fucking castle. You'd rather be outside in the in the swamp bog where you almost froze to death or drowned or whatever the fuck was going on out there. So much crazy shit has happened. Ellington can't fucking sleep right now. So he looks over, and Biblical Big Show is dead asleep, dude. He's dead asleep, sitting up like a, like a horse does. He's up, but he's out. He's up, out, right? But he's got the key for the door around his neck. So Ellington's like, fuck this, dude. I'm going to break out those, like, sneaking downstairs to check on Santa Claus, Santa Claus on, like, Christmas Eve skills that I've forgotten for fucking years. Gets up out of bed, goes up to Biblical Big Show. Super, just like barely like ninja stepping, just on your toes. Takes that, takes the key out from off Biblical Big Show's neck. And makes his way to the door and lets himself out. Also, he grabbed his coat. He's like, time to get the fuck out of here. Uh, this is an escape. Goodbye. So Ellington's out. He's out of the room. Biblical Big Show's still asleep. He's in that main room one more time. And as he's in the room, he goes up to angular face Peter Pan's door and he's like, Yo, dude, I'm fucking leaving. Do you? What are we doing here? You getting out? And Angler Face Peter Pan's like, yeah, man, let's go. I'm telling you, they all live together. We can hang out. We'll go get mimosas or something. They love that on a Sunday morning. We're going to have a party. Let's fucking unlock this door. Uh, come on, man. Let's go. And Ellington's like, well, how do I unlock the door? And Angular Face Peter Pan is like, just lift that stick up. You see that stick down there? There's a stick. He made a thing where the one of those shepherd staff weapons is holding me in this fucking thing. And I can get my arm out, but I can't get it. And Ellington's like, you, why don't you just do that yourself, dude? When you grabbed me when I first came in here, that arm came way out. How the fuck are you still in here? What is going on? And angular face Peter Pan's like, dude, I'm telling you, it's stuck in there. I can't get, I got rotator cuff issues. I can't go out over and down and then have any sort of lift. I've tried to do PT in here. I can't get any sort of lift with up, over, and down. It's, it's maddening. It's so frustrating, honestly. Come on, man. Hurry the fuck up. They're going to kill us both, dude. Just get this thing out of here. Let's fucking go. All of a sudden, Biblical Big Show's woken up and he's in that, and he's in the bedroom door and he's like, stop, stop. Stop, Ellington's like, what the fuck is going on here? I don't know what I'm doing, whatever. I'm just, I'm fine, fine, fine. And he pops that, that shepherd's staff up out of the holder. And then he gives angular face Peter Pan his own coat as angular face Peter Pan is walking out of that jail cell. And Ellington turns around to run out of the castle because he's like, I don't give a fuck about any of these people. I'm leaving right now. Turns around to run. All of a sudden, Ellington's fucking paralyzed. Oh, shit. He's all the way paralyzed out of nowhere. Like he's got he's got pelted with jellyfish. He's standing up, but he can't fuck him. He's paralyzed. He looks back. Angular face Peter Pan is paralyzing him because it turns out he's actually the devil. Ellington, you fucked up. Oh no. Ellington, all paralyzed, full of jellyfish venom, down on the floor again. He's blacking out on a stranger's floor. He's already done this once before in his house. They're never gonna let Ellington come back to this house. He blacked out two times in one fucking night, and he let the devil out. 
Meanwhile, Anglerface Peter Pan, a.k.a. the actual devil, is like, nice. Walks over towards the window, and every time he walks past one more pillar, he turns a little bit more classic Satan-y, where he's like, he's regular Anglerface Peter Pan, and then all of a sudden that coat Ellington gave him turns into a cape, and then all of a sudden he's got horns on his head, and he's got long ears. He looks like... Just the, the typical Satan, by the time he's by the door, does a little cape, Dracula cape swirl, and he's like, ha ha, fucking poof of smoke, he's gone. Ellington collapses on the floor, half paralyzed, half, he just can't believe what the fuck he just did. Brother Jerome, aka old Kevin Nash, comes up next to Ellington, he's not even mad. He's just disappointed, he's just like, Ellington, what'd you fucking do, man? What'd I fucking say? What'd I fucking say? Ellington's like, I didn't believe you, man. How the fuck was I supposed to believe you? So, once you, if you wore pants or something, or like had like an accounting department, I would have believed you. But this whole shit is so crazy. He sounded like a fucking llama. I don't know what's going on. And then uh, you lock me in that door with biblical big shot. I'm not making excuses, but that was fucking scary. How the fuck am I supposed to sleep now, dude? What is that about? That guy is that guy's like 300 pounds, six seven. Anyway, I feel really bad. I let the devil out. Sorry about that. Let me pass out one more time here. I'll see you. And then Ellington passes out again. Now, flashback forward to where the episode started, back in that hotel room where it's raining outside and Ellington is frantically describing this story into the camera. Turns out, he was describing it to the hotel maid. So he finishes the whole story and he's like, all right, now I told you the whole story, right? Here's the thing, I gotta run out to Rite Aid, I gotta do a couple of things, make some, make some preparations, gotta get a couple things done, you're the maid. Here's the, the one thing. See that closet door? See how I specially made two silver holders on either side? And then there is a tiny shepherd staff weapon holding that door closed. Okay, I'm running out to write it. I got prescriptions and stuff I got to get. But the one thing, I don't give a shit what you do here. Watch the TV, jump on the bed. I don't care. Do not open that fucking door, please. I told you, and then you didn't believe me. So I told you the whole story. When I leave, I'll be right, dude, I'll be back in like, I don't know, three and a half hours, something like that. It's the 1950s. There's no cell phones. It takes a while to get some shit done, man. I'll be back about four hours. Just don't open that fucking door, okay? I'll see you. Ellington puts on his coat, leaves the hotel room, and the camera's just sat on the maid. And the maid looks around like, what the fuck? What the fuck am I doing here? What, he, what was he saying? They're going to howl? There's going to be some howling? Fucking, this guy's fucking nuts, dude. So the episode ends with the maid walking up to the closet door and then a close-up shot of the maid's hand as she carefully lifts that small shepherd weapon up out of the custom lock that was holding the closet closed. And then the closet door cracks open and the camera goes into the closet, implying that the devil has once again been released upon the world and then the the last uh the last line the narrator says is uh they say you can catch the devil but you can't hold him for long one of my favorite episodes one of my favorite episodes that's season two uh episode five of the twilight zone thank you guys
Twilight Zone Season 2, Episode 28. It's called, Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up? Now the episode opens. Just wide landscape shots of a snowy mountainside. There's some trees. It's snowing a little bit, but it's not that bad. It's just, you know, it's it's okay. It's kind of like Jingle Bellsy. It's nice snow, not Blizzard of 96 yet. It's kind of serene. And then out of nowhere, you hear a loud metallic hum start softly and then build and build and build until you hear a loud fucking boom. Right? Like, what the fuck was that? You're still just looking at landscapes on a mountainside. Kind of nice, but something definitely just exploded somewhere. Cut to two state troopers outside of their car with flashlights looking around in the woods. One of them's like, do you see anything? And the other one's like, well, the, uh, the tops of the trees over there are definitely, something definitely cut off the tops of the trees over there. Also, look down, isn't that Tracy's Lake down there? That Tracy, that's Tracy's Lake, right? See how it froze over? Something took the took the tops of those trees off, and then you can see that big old hole in that in the ice. Something took the trees and then crashed through the ice in Tracy's Lake. I don't know what the fuck that was. And the other the other police officers like, well, I was probably a meteor or something, dude. There's nothing. There's nothing out here. I'm gonna call it back into the station. I'm gonna see what's up. So the one police officer goes back to the cruiser, gets on the radio, calls dispatch, and is like, Hey, what's up? We're out here on this UFO call. Honestly, some trees got fucked up, but it looks like it was a meteor. Something went down in Tracy's Lake. We're not going to be able to find it till spring, honestly. It's not that big of a deal. And then you hear the second police officer who's still in the woods cry out, Ew! Ew, dude, we got, some, we got some prints over here? We got some... It looks like human footprints coming out of the lake. Yo, you should definitely just come over here. So the police officer who's still in the cruiser radios back to dispatch and is like, All right, actually, let me just call you back for a second. Dispatch is like, What the fuck are you talking about? I was like, no, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's, it's nothing, dude. I'm just saying, let me call you back in a second. So dispatch is like, All right, whatever, dude. Let me know. Also, real quick, that bridge on the mountainside, that bridge is out. I mean, it's, it's unstable. Make sure, like, the, that shit is closed off. There's no way that bridge is stable right now. Make sure that that bridge is closed off if you guys are done doing Mars attacks or whatever the fuck you're doing up there, okay? Police officer and the crew is just like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Hangs up the radio, goes into the woods with the first police officer who has some footprints to take a look at. So both police officers look down, they're like, God damn, that is footprints leading out of Tracy's frozen-ass lake. Going into, where? what is that over there? What is that, like a diner? It was like a diner about a football field away. So they're like, all right, well, something, something either walked from that diner into that lake to kill itself or something... Something came out of the lake and walked to the diner? All right, well, fine. We're going to the diner. So, camera follows the two police officers who leave the cruiser over to the diner. It's about a football field away. And then you enter the diner. Entering along with the two police officers, who, by the way, are dressed like Mounties. They're kind of dressed like, I think they're state troopers, but they're dressed like Canadian police. I don't know why that, that stuck out to me. So, you walk into the diner. You're with the two Mounties, and you're taking a look around. There's currently eight people in that diner. You got an older couple to the far left. You got a young dude sitting alone in the middle of the room. You got a young couple close talking on the back wall. They're in love. You got another dude in the middle of the room also sitting alone, but he's old as shit and well-dressed. Then you got a dude who just looks like ass. He looks terrible. Homeless guy. This guy, is not, he didn't take a shower this morning, but that dude is sitting alone, unsurprisingly, at the diner counter alone. And then over the diner counter... You got a, the, the diner owner who's got a chef hat on. He's hanging out. Those are the people in the diner right now. As the two policemen enter the diner, the diner owner looks up from behind the counter. He's like, yo, all right, well, uh, hey, what's up? We got trouble? What's going on? The cop, the 
Cops look at each other, and then the one younger police officer looks over to the far right corner, which we haven't seen yet, and reveals a ninth person in the diner. This person is a young, single woman, sitting alone, smoking a cigarette in one of those Corolla DeVille holders. She's in a satin dress. She's wearing a mink coat. She got pearl earrings on with a matching necklace. She's dressed up. She looks very nice. She's also in this diner. That makes the ninth person. Police officers are like, hey, who's, uh, yeah, whose bus is that out front of this diner? Can I, whose fucking bus is that? Young man's sitting alone in the middle of the room, pipes up, and he's like, yep, that's my bus officer. I'm a bus driver. How we doing? That's my bus. It looks good, right? It's snowy. We're just hanging out. Police officer's like, all right, well, here's the thing. The bridge to get down the mountain is out. We just tossed the dispatch. That bridge is fucking out. You guys are going nowhere. I don't know what you guys are going to do. Young bus driver's like, all right, well, we can't go back up the mountain. I don't know what we're going to do. Diner owner from behind the counter chimes in he's like looks like you guys are kind of marooned huh and one of the police officers is like yeah dude only yeah i guess and until morning looks like we're marooned thank you for that diner owner cool then the old guy who's sitting alone who's well dressed in the middle of the room speaks up and he's like morning we talk about i gotta be in boston by 9 a.m it's some fucking bullshit the young bus driver goes right back at him he's like well then you better get walking dude because i'm the bus driver that's my bus I don't trust that fucking bridge to begin with. I didn't even like that bridge before it started snowing. I don't give a shit. I'm not driving that bus down until it's until it's safe. I don't want to hear any shit from you, old man who's dressed nice. I don't know what's going on here. One of the police officers is like, yeah, unfortunately, we are going to have to be here all night. Sorry about that, Gramps. Well-dressed man in the middle of the room is not happy. He's not happy about that. He's pretty upset. He starts laying into the young bus driver and being like, your bus driving company is so fucking full of shit. Why don't you fly a plane, dude? I'm not surprised. You're a failure. Honestly, I'm just upset. I'm taking this out on you, you young bus driver, but I'm fucking pissed. I got to be in Boston sometime soon, okay? I am upset. After that guy kind of loses his mind a little bit, but everybody's still chilling in this diner. The two policemen survey the diner carefully, taking a look. They ask one another, all right, what do you think? All these people are on the bus, right? The diner owner speaks up because he still sees the police are in his establishment. He's like, "Hey guys, what? Hey, uh, what? Like, what can I do for you guys? Are state troopers who are still in my diner? You guys like looking for somebody or like I don't even know what could be possibly going on. Can I help you with something?" So the policeman approaches the young bus driver, and they lean into him and they're like, "Hey, do you have like a passenger manifest? Do you have like a list of names of people you picked up?" And the young bus driver's like, "Nah, dude. Look, I drive a bus, dude. I'm not keeping notes." Now, it's, and also the bus company's not doing great, okay? If somebody gets on the bus, I'm happy as hell to have them. Honestly, we're not really booming as far as business goes. I don't count any of these fucking people. I don't care if El Chapo gets on my bus. I'll drive them wherever the fuck we're going. I don't look at anything. I'm just trying to get paid, dude. I'm sorry I don't have a list of names for you, Mr. Police Officer. However, I will tell you there was definitely six people on my bus when we when I picked them up. That's all I know. I counted heads in the back. There's just six people. But I don't know any names or something. Sorry about that, man. I can't really help you out more than that. Police officer's like, all right, thank you. However, there are seven people in this diner right now. If you only picked up six people, so we got an extra here somewhere. I don't want to get into why this concerns us. However, there's definitely an extra person here. If you're the boss and you're saying you only picked up six people, if you do the math, there's an extra person in this fucking diner right now. I'm not trying to alarm anybody, but there is, okay? The young bus driver stands up, puts his hands on his hips, and he looks around, and he's befuddled. He's just like, God damn, dude, you all right? There is one extra person here. How the fuck did that happen? Now, just to recap, and those numbers 
are legit. There is one extra person in the diner at this point in time, if only six people were on that bus with the bus driver. Just to go over who we already have in the diner, you got policeman number one, policeman number two, you got the diner owner behind the counter, you got the young bus driver in the center of the room, then you got an older couple on the left, you got the older couple man, you got the older couple woman, you got a younger couple in the back, you got the younger couple man, you got the younger couple woman, then you got that old crabby businessman in the middle who's trying to go to Boston, he's flipping out of people already, you also got that bum that looks like shit on the counter sitting by himself, and then you got the young woman sitting alone in pearls making me wish I was a better man over in the far right. That's, who, that's who's in the diner, and out of these people, one of them might be a fucking space alien. So, we're locked in the diner overnight. Total of 11 people. One of them is probably an alien of some sort, who may have just walked out of a lake like an hour and a half ago. I don't know which one. Let's try to figure this out. Now, the diner owner gets the policeman two cups of coffee. The policeman starts talking to the diner owner, and they're like, all right. Was anybody here before this busload of people showed up? And the diner owner's like, nah, man. Everybody came in all at once, off the bus. Nobody else, nobody different has been here since 11 a.m. These, these people all came in the same off the bus. The young bus driver chimes in. He's like, yo, that's true. When we came into the diner, there was nobody here. Yeah, somebody must have walked in, seen us walking from the bus into the diner from wherever the fuck they came from and then just walked in with us. Honestly, that's probably how this, this must have happened. Police are like, all right. Which one of you guys weren't on the bus? Then they look around the room. Old crabby businessman who wishes he was in Boston is like, we were all on the bus. Guys always fucking start in trouble. And then he's like, what type of interrogation is this? What are you guys, the fucking Gestapo? I want a lawyer. Insert. Old guy who looks like shit who's sitting at the diner alone. Sits up and is like, woo! Baby needs a lawyer. Baby needs a lawyer. And then the old grumpy businessman is like, shut up, you fucking bum. <laughs> I don't remember seeing you on the bus. And then the old guy who looks like shit who's sitting alone comes right back at him. He's like, well, I don't remember seeing you on the bus either. Which makes one of us a liar, huh? And then everybody in the room busts up laughing at this old bum making fun of this guy who definitely has money and he's totally grabby right now. So crabby guy is like, well... Who gives a shit if we saw each other on the bus, if we got six people, if we got seven people here, if we got fucking 120 people here, what's I'm not dealing with this fucking Gestapo shit, I'm not doing this. Diner owner from behind the counter is like, whoa dude, with the Gestapo talk, that's, that's two Gestapos, let's calm down, everybody just calm it on down, but also police officers, yeah, what the fuck is going on here? I mean, he's being rude, but what is actually happening right now? Police officer leans into the diner owner and is like, all right. Real quick, did you hear anything weird tonight? Because, like, a lady called the station, and I'm not making this up. She reported a UFO, man. Did you hear anything whizzing, booming, crashing, anything crazy like that? The diner owner starts laughing a little. He's like, UFO, dude, what are you talking about? The only thing that come down from the sky in the last 14 hours has been snow. I'm telling you, nobody's been here since 11 a.m. I didn't hear a UFO, but that's pretty crazy, you know what I'm saying? So the policemen turn to the rest of the room away from the diner owner and they announce, look, we think something landed in Tracy's pond and then got out of that frozen pond in a snowstorm and walked in here. I'm not saying it's an alien or a demon or a ghost. I don't know what the fuck. If ghosts have spaceship, I don't fucking know. Something came out of that pond. That's why there's one extra person here. I'm just trying to say 
We're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on here. The diner owner's like, that is crazy, dude. Nobody's been here since 11 a.m. And then the young bus driver's like, yeah, except for me and my passengers. Insert young couple. The woman leans into her dude and she's like, George, I don't like this. And the young couple man is like, all right, babe, you got to calm down. This shit is pretty fucking crazy. I think there's an alien around here or something. Can you please, let's just be quiet. Honestly, I don't know what the fuck these old people are talking about. Who gives this shit? The old couple man from the other side of the room says, so you're saying somebody in here landed a flying saucer and then walked in here, insert satin dress with pearls on is like, what are you going to shoot? Like walked in with us. And the policemen just quietly look around the room because they can kind of feel that the room's start, starting to lose its mind right now. Everybody's panicking a little bit, and the policemen are trying to stay calm. So they're just nodding, trying to keep it down, trying to keep it low. Old crabby businessman who wants to be in Boston chimes in again. He's like, that's just not possible. We had to have seen him. And the old man couple dude was like, not necessarily. Look, it's snowy and it's dark. I couldn't see shit when I got on the bus or off the bus. Somebody could have definitely snuck in. Policemen are like, all right, look, we know you were all on the bus together, right? So you would have known who was on the bus with you. Am I right? You guys have all seen each other? And the young bus driver's like, nah, man, we picked them up. It was snowing too. And like these people didn't talk to each other the whole time. I'm telling you, I just knew that there were six people because I counted heads. These people won't be able to identify each other. Old guy who looks like shit, who's just hanging out, bum on the counter is like, oh, it's like a science fiction movie. We got six people and one monster, one monster from outer space. Woo! He's fucking going nuts, dude. He is having a ball. He's the only guy in this whole episode who's trying to have fun with this situation. Six people and one from outer space. Woo! And then he looks down at the old crabby businessman. He's like, "What's up? You got an eye in the back of your head or what?" And the old crabby businessman is, is just, "Oh, I, I find you offensive. I find you offensive." But at least the bum's having fun. He's my favorite character in the whole thing. He's just shooting guns and having shooting finger pistols and having a good time this whole fucking thing. All right. So the search officially begins at this point in time. Police turn around. They're like, look, this is crazy. But that's sort of what we're dealing with. Honestly, I don't know if you guys got extra eyes or what, but we think it is a space alien that walked from Tracy's pond up in here. And there's one extra person here. So that guy is loud and he's wild. He's got a wonky eye, but he's not wrong. The young woman in satin and pearls takes a deep drag off her cigarette and looks up at the police and is like, well, I know where you have to begin then. You got to pair off the couples. Since only one person doesn't belong in this group, you can eliminate the couples. Then the old couple man is like, well, cross us off the list and like kind of looks at his wife like, nice, I've been married forever. This finally worked out. Thank God. Now we're not space aliens. Then the young couple man is like, all right, cross us up too. Hello, we're also out. We, we are totally out of this race. We are not space aliens. We have a young couple back here. And then the young couple girlfriend looks at her boyfriend and is like, Hey, I've never seen what, didn't you used to have a mole on your chin? You don't have, let me see your chin, your chin. You did, you had a mole on your chin. I'm pretty sure you had a mole. And the, the young boyfriend is like, Connie, Now's not the time. I've never had a mole on my chin, babe. And can you please not bring that up right now? I'm just telling you, I don't think... I've never had a mole on my chin. And this is the worst time ever to ask me right now. Because these people might think I'm a fucking space alien if you keep asking about a mole on my chin. Babe, I just need you to ride with me on this. We're already eliminated. Let's just let it roll, okay? So then the old couple man jumps in. And he's like, alright, everybody chill. Everybody chill. If we don't calm down... 
We're all going to start panicking and then blaming each other. And I don't want to deal with that. The couples are eliminated. We've already solved it. Sounds good. And then he sits back down next to his wife. But his wife is staring at him hard as shit. She doesn't trust him anymore either. She's taking out a cigarette. And she's taking deep drags like she's about to go to the electric chair staring at her husband. And he sees this and he looks over at her and he's like, Okay, look, we've been married for 23 years. Can you stop looking at me like I just put this fucking face on like it's a costume? Can you please? And the wife just like widens her eyes and takes the deepest drag of a cigarette I've ever seen in my life. Like, okay, that's fine. If you're not a space alien, you're certainly being quite mean. You mean crabby like that guy who wants to go to Boston, if you're asking me. Then the bum shouts out, I love this. <laughs> she doesn't know him. He doesn't know her. We don't know she. Nobody knows him. And then if you look down, this crabby dude who wants to go to Boston, he's my number one suspect, baby. We got an alien up in this bit. This is great. I am having a great time. So then the police look over the diner owner and they're like, all right, look, this is getting out of control. Yo, do you have a back door, dude? And the diner owner's like, yeah, I got a back door. And the police are like, all right, cool. Can, just go lock that fucking thing, okay? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's going in. Nobody's going out. I think we got a space alien here, okay? The diner owner's like, it's already locked. It's fine. It's, it's been locked. What, do you want me to lock it again? Also, if it's a space alien, you can't just walk through fucking walls. I don't really know what a locked door is going to do. Right after that, the old crazy guy comes out and he's like, we got to check him for wings. Check him for wings. Half screaming this in that grumpy old businessman's face. Like, you got wings under there? The policemen are like, they finally had enough of this bum. He's not a bum. He's just like an old crazy guy. He does have a wonky eye. He kind of does look like a bum a little bit. So the police have had enough of this fucking guy's shit. So they, the two of them walk up to this old dude and they're like, all right, grandpa, you got ID? Or like, what the fuck are you doing over here? And the old crazy guy is like, I had ID, but uh, I left it in my spaceship at the bottom of the pond. Kills. Guy kills with the, the whole room starts laughing. The cops are like, oh, what the fuck with this guy? Then the one police officer is like, all right, well, who won the World Series last year? And then the old crazy guy's like, Pittsburgh Pirates took it in four out of seven. You didn't think Martians love baseball too, did you? Kills even harder. The whole room, the diner is going nuts. These police officers are like, this is fucking, this guy is, if he's, I don't know if he's a space alien or not, but I'm tired of listening to this guy's bullshit either way, honestly. So they move on. Now they go up to question the woman in the satin dress with the pearls on and the mink coat. Police go up to her. And they're like, hey, ma'am, do you have any ID on you? And she's like, actually, I do not. Uh, here's the thing. I sent my luggage on a different thing. I don't have any luggage. It's just me on this bus. My, my suitcases went on a different bus. So I, I do have ID, but I don't have it on me, if you know what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a space alien if it helps you. But I'm just saying, I'm sorry, I don't have any ID. The one police officer is like, all right, well, what's your name? And she answers back, Ethel McConnell, I'm a professional dancer. To which, old guy who looks like shit who's sitting alone at the counter is like, Woo! Let me see them legs! <laughs> and Ethel McConnell, professional dancer, is like, Shut up, you fucking pervert! The young bus driver chimes in, and he's like, She was on the bus. I saw her get on the bus. I'm just saying, she's not a space alien. I, she's the only person I saw get on the bus. The police officers look at the young bus driver and they're like, well, how do you know that? The young bus driver just kind of looks sheepish and he's like, I don't know. Like, uh, dude, look, will you just look? Yeah, dude, I noticed she got on the bus. Will you see her? She's got a mint coat and pearls on. Woman is gorgeous. Yeah, I don't. She's hot. I saw her get on the bus, dude. Eliminate her from the alien search. 
I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be a, I'm not trying to be any kind of way, but I definitely saw her get on the bus. I can vouch for her. Old guy who looks like shit, who's sitting alone at the diner counter, cuts off the young bus driver, and he's like, well, how do we even know you were on the bus, man? We don't know if anybody was on the bus. Are you the same bus driver? Maybe the bus driver got murdered by an alien, and now you're an alien bus driver. We have no idea what the fuck's going on. Insert old grumpy businessman who really wishes he was in Boston at this point in time and is totally sick of all this bullshit. Is like, look, let's just solve this. Everybody show your identification, and then this thing is over. Then the old man from the old people couple is like, well, how do even if you show identification, how do you explain how do we explain the extra person? And then the grumpy businessman who wishes he was in Boston was like, well, explain it this way. Fucking bus driver counted wrong. Okay? If everybody has ID, then there was clearly seven people and the bus driver all the way just counted wrong. He's a bus driver. These things happen. Police officer asked the young bus driver, like, is that possible? And the young bus driver's like, yo, get the fuck. I count heads. All I do is drive a bus, dude. I'm Look, dude, I drive a bus, but I do my job well. I counted the fucking, it's six people. There's one extra person in here. Also, I'm a little bit insulted, Mr. Boston Businessman. I'm telling you, there's six people. There's no way. I counted heads. We got one extra person here. And then the jukebox in the diner starts blasting music out of nowhere that sounds like it's from The Shining. Like a lot of horns, like, lights are fucking going crazy. Whoever's an alien is making this place go fucking wild, and it's blowing up the jukebox. So, But after 15 seconds, the music shuts back off, and the lights go back to normal. Everybody's kind of stunned. The diner owner is looking around from behind the counter. He's like, all right. Yeah, what caused that? The policemen are like, all right, look, I'm not, nobody's, we're not panicking or anything. But one of them moves to put his hand on his hip to hold his firearm. He's like, we're not panicking. But I'm just saying, nobody's fucking going anywhere right now, okay? The jukebox is turning on. I think we got a space alien here. What's the deal with the lights? Let's all hang out. The bridge is out anyway. Nobody's going anywhere. We are going to figure out who a space alien is soon, okay? But also, we're not plan- I'm not panicking. My hand's just on my gun by the jukebox, and I have nobody behind me because I don't trust any of you motherfuckers. I'm just saying, nobody's panicking here. But let's all just calm down. We're going to figure this out, okay? A few hours pass by. By this time, everybody in the diner is visibly tired. People are sleeping on each other's shoulder. The young bus driver and Ethel the dancer, satin and pearls, they're now sitting together, just kind of talking shit, rolling cigarettes, doing whatever they got to do. Diner owner walks up to Ethel and the young bus driver at their table, and he's like, yeah, where'd the police go? And the young bus driver's like, they're outside. It stopped snowing. And also, hey, man, did you do that jukebox thing? Is that like a prank you do? Is that like a trick jukebox you got? The diner owner's like, nah, man, that wasn't me. I don't know what the fuck that was, to be honest with you. And then he walks back behind the counter, and he's like, if you actually have a question about the jukebox or something, you better call an electrical engineer, dude. I I make eggs and stuff. I lock up, but I don't. I have no idea how that jukebox works. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Then the old guy who looks like shit who's sitting alone at the counter, it's time to get back on stage again. He gets up out of his seat. Goes over the jukebox and salutes it. And he's like, take me to your leader. Starts doing finger guns. So, dude, this guy's a Christmas ham. He's trying to squeeze every laugh possible out of this room. And people are fucking tired of his bullshit. But he's over there saluting and finger gunning it up. Then the police come back in as he's over there. Yosemite Sam in it being like, oh, the jukebox is an alien. Fucking police come back in. The diner owner's like, police, thank God, you're back. I'm sick of watching that guy try to crack jokes. Did you guys find anything or what's going on here? Cops are like, no, but we looked at the bridge and it actually doesn't look that bad. 
So we might be getting out of here sooner than we think. And the young bus driver's like, hey, man, unless somebody actually says that bridge is good, I don't want to drive over that fucking thing. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't like that bridge normally, and it's snowing. It's already out. Let's just make sure everybody's safe. Plus, we got more time. Look for a space alien, whatever the fuck that's going on. I'm not trying to end up frozen to death in a river, okay? The old crabby businessman who wishes he was in Boston pipes up and he's like, all right, well, good thing your judgment doesn't matter right now, bus driver, because if somebody says that bridge is safe to go across, I got a fucking meeting at 9 a.m. You're getting in that bus and you're driving me across that bridge, all right? Young bus driver is like, all right, dude, this is not Boston. Why are you such a fucking asshole? You are killing me. All of a sudden, lights go dim again, and then they come back on, and everybody's silent again. Ethel the dancer breaks the silence and is like, what What the fuck is going on here? We got to get out of here. The diner owner's like, I don't know. We might be losing power. All of a sudden, jukebox kicks back on again. Sanford and Son. Fucking all sorts of shine. All sorts of bullshit's coming out of there. But it's only 15 seconds, and then it's off again. Diner owner's like, this is fucking strange. Ethel the dancer is full clip freaking out at this point in time. And then Connie, the young woman from the young couple, is freaking the fuck out. She's like, oh no, what is the point of all this? Young couple Connie is losing it at this point. So the police are like, all right, look. Point is, somebody got out of a flying saucer... And now they're in here flicking the lights on and off and fucking with the jukebox. I don't know what's going on. Somebody here's an alien. That's the point of this whole thing. We got to figure this out. Diner owner from behind the counter is like, all right, well, here's the thing. How about this? Maybe they're invisible. Has anybody thought of that? And then old crabby businessman who wishes he was in Boston was like, you think like a child, which is pretty fucking harsh at this point in time. Then the old couple husband is like, what are you talking about? Invisible totally makes sense. Why don't you open your mind a little bit? Aliens can be invisible. It makes as much sense as any other bullshit I've heard. Quit fucking ripping the guy. Old bum who looks like shit, who loves jokes, gets up and he's like, well, if somebody was to ask me, and then old crabby businessman is like, well, nobody's doing that, man. Nobody's asking you shit. Then the Ethel the dancer with the pearls and the satin comes to... The aid of the old jokester and is like, why don't you stop being such a dick to him? He's just having jokes. I don't think he's a space alien. Quit fucking yelling at people. You're the boss of this fucking diner. And at that, the lights start flashing crazy. The sugar containers on the on the tables explode. An ashtray blows up. The jukebox starts going. And the telephone's ringing at this point in time. This whole diner is popping off crazy. And these people are like, who the fuck is a space alien? Who is the alien? I just want to know at this point in time. Who is this fucking alien? Everything's going crazy. Lights calm down. Things stop blowing up. But the telephone's still ringing. Policeman goes over and answers the telephone. It's like, all right. Sounds good. Policeman hangs up the phone. Turns back towards the audience of the, the everybody in the diner. And is like, hey guys. Good news. County engineer said the bridge is safe. We can go back down the mountain. And then the other police officer is like, what do you mean go back down the mountain? One of these things might be a fucking space monster. But the first cop is like, yeah, well, we can't hold him on suspicion of being a space monster, man. We really don't have any evidence. And like the, the county engineer just said it was safe. So let's get the fuck out of here, honestly. I don't know what's going on. Maybe the electric's bad. It's been a long night. So everybody pays the diner owner and settles up. And then everybody gets back on the bus. And by everybody, I mean the bus driver, the young couple man, the young couple woman, the old couple man, the old couple woman, 
the old crabby, well-dressed businessman who who wishes he was in Boston. He's been a dick the whole fucking time. Ethel the dancer, who turns out to be a pretty nice lady, still in her silk and pearls. Hello. The old bum who looks like shit, who loves jokes, gets on the bus. All of them pay their tabs. All of them get on the bus. And right before the door closes, the police officer's like, you got seven in there? And then old bum leans down. He's like, yeah, by the time we get to Boston, it'll be 17. (laughs) The fucking guy never stopped. The guy's always on, right? Bus closes, pulls away. Cut to an outside shot of the diner. Now, there's nobody in there. It's just the owner of the diner with his diner guy hat on behind the counter. And it's still snowing a little bit outside. The camera's coming into the glass windows so you can see inside the diner. And a black male figure walks into the shot from the left. Now, he's going into the diner and he's got clothes on, like a jacket, but we can't see who it is. We can only see the back of his black silhouette. So this mystery man goes in sits down in front of the diner owner on at the diner counter, and then it's revealed that it's the old crabby businessman who needed to go to Boston and was a dick to everybody the whole time. He's back at the diner. What are you talking about? I thought you just left. That's exactly what the diner owner asked him. He's like, well, didn't you fucking just get on the bus? And the old crabby businessman is like, yeah, I did get on the bus, man. But now I'm back here. Isn't that weird? But here's the thing. Nobody else that was on that bus is coming back and none of the cops are coming back either because that bridge collapsed. The cop car went down the river. The bus went into the river. That old guy who loved jokes, he was kind of nice, but maybe he lived a hard life. He's fucking dead. Silk and Pearls with a mint coat. She's dead. R.I.P. Young couple, old couple. Everybody's dead. I'm the only one that's left, dude. I'm the only one that survived. They're all dead, frozen in a river, and I'm up here hanging out at this diner again. How you been? The diner owner's like, Man, that's uh, that's pretty fucking crazy, man. How'd you, uh, you were in that, ra- dude, you're not even wet. Why'd you fall into a river? Old crabby businessman from Boston is like, that's right, I'm not, wait, what'd you say, wet? Wet? I don't know what that means, wet? I don't know what that word means. Oh, yeah, wet. I got you. It's an illusion. My clothes are an illusion. The lights flicker on and off is an illusion. Here, look look at this. And then the jukebox turns on. He's like, that music is an illusion. Look at this telephone, right? Makes a telephone ring. That's an illusion. I can make all this shit happen. The diner owner's like, Jesus Christ, huh? The old crabby businessman from Boston is like, yeah, well, don't faint. But, uh, you know, Earth is a really nice place to colonize. You know what I'm saying? And then he goes to reach for it to light a cigarette while sitting at the diner table and talking to the diner owner. So he reaches for the pack of cigarettes with his right hand. He reaches for his matches with his left hand. And then with a third hand from under his right armpit, he opens the matchbook and strikes a match and then holds the cigarette with his far right hand. The dude's got three arms. This is definitely an old crabby businessman alien. Which has revealed that this has been the alien the whole time. And he's like, well, I'm just a scout from Mars. That is where I'm from. I'm going to have a bunch of friends coming here. We're going to colonize this shit. I know you're probably freaking out, you little human diner owner. Don't worry about it. Let me get another cup of coffee. I'm going to smoke this cigarette. We'll see how it plays out once my friends get here. We're going to take over this fucking planet. Also, I love cigarettes, man. We don't have these on Mars. And are you into music, dude? I love music. 
I, I make jukeboxes play everywhere. We don't got music on Mars. It's great. Don't you love music, you human diner owner? At this point in time, this old crabby businessman Martian is probably trying to fuck with this guy. But diner owner from behind the counter just smiles. He's not scared at all. And he's like, yeah. That's, that's funny, man. So you got friends coming from Mars, huh? And then he removes his diner owner hat, chef hat, and reveals a third eyeball in the middle of his forehead. The diner owner is also an alien who then says to the old crabby businessman from who wants to go to Boston, who's from Mars, the diner owner's like, oh man, this is a really nice place to colonize, huh? That's why my guys thought about it on Venus years ago, man. What do you, and you said you had boys coming from Mars? You do not have any boys coming from Mars because we, Venus been here forever and we knew you were coming. You, all your friends are dead. Anybody you know, if you had a Martian family, they got fucking murdered. It's just you in this diner with me. I'm from Venus. I got an eye. You got an extra arm. Don't worry about it. When my friends get here, they're probably going to murder you too. Also, keep playing that music. I love that shit too, baby. Turn up that jukebox. I love it. And then that's the end of the episode. They pan out and it's revealed that you had two aliens the whole time in that diner. 